listening to Pet Candy. You are listening to Pet Candy Magazine, January 2022. This show is brought to you by Petsy. Get instant access to veterinary professionals when you need them. Download Petsy today. Welcome to the world of pet candy. Dr. Jill Lopez. Do you remember where you were two years ago? I do. I was in Orlando, Florida with our cover model, Dr. Courtney Campbell, taping some video shows for our YouTube channel. Dr. Courtney, a Californian veterinary surgeon, was doing a new show for us and was covering the latest news, which was the devastating wildfires in Australia. At that time, we were just hearing about a very contagious respiratory disease in Asia. We only knew it as a coronavirus at that time. It was several weeks before it was officially named SARS-CoV-2. He mentioned it on the video, but just in passing, it wasn't a hot story at the time. Little did we know. One month later, we met again in Orlando, but this time it was for an awards ceremony. Dr. Courtney was receiving the Global Pet Expo's Excellence in Journalism Award, so I flew down from New Jersey to Florida for the day to watch. A few days later, our world as we knew it changed forever. Although we text, talk on the phone, and occasionally meet up on Zoom, I haven't seen Dr. Courtney in person until he stopped by our offices for this issue's photo shoot. We had so much fun catching up. He spent the afternoon playing with all the animals, especially our office kitten, Bastet, who also graces this month's cover. All the animals loved him and followed him around, begging to be petted. It is an honor for me to tell you all about this amazing person and the mission he is on to increase diversity. We have some other great content in this issue for you, from creating healthy habits to dog training tips. I hope you enjoy this issue as much as we have had creating it. Dr. Courtney Campbell is a man on a mission. Jen Boone. Whether it's performing surgery on a pet in need or hosting his hit veterinary news program, Vet Candy Watch, Dr. Courtney Campbell is always on the go, and it shows. Today, he works as a multimedia animal health advocate as well as a board-certified veterinary surgeon. Raised in Burlington, Connecticut, he fell in love with animals at a young age. In fact, Dr. Courtney likes to joke that it's entirely possible he was raised by wolves, though given his wonderfully gracious and approachable attitude, we highly doubt that. At the age of 10, Dr. Courtney was gifted his first puppy. Combined with an interest in wildlife and animal health and wellness, this led him to pursue his dream of becoming a vet. A love of animals meets a natural gift for entertainment. Had you asked Dr. Courtney Campbell if he wanted to pursue veterinary media after completing vet school, his answer would likely have been, excuse me, what's that? And yet today, this is precisely the field he finds himself in. Veterinary media is an important part of the pet ownership landscape. It's one way people can access trusted information. By tuning in to a daytime talk show or listening to a podcast, 
pet parents get to hear directly from qualified professionals who are equipped to share their knowledge and experiences, answer questions, and discuss topics that might otherwise go unnoticed. While having an up-close and personal conversation with your family veterinarian may be limited to once yearly checkups, anybody can watch television segments featuring a veterinarian 24-7. In this field, Dr. Courtney excels. The best way to get an audience's attention? Use a mixture of education and entertainment, or edutainment, as he likes to say. In addition to being the host and producer of Vet Candy Watch, Dr. Courtney is also a reoccurring guest expert on The Rachel Ray Shows, CBS The Doctors, Home and Family, as well as many other talk shows. From practical tips like how to cut your pet's nails to life-saving information, such as performing canine CPR 101. Dr. Courtney tackles it all with a friendly smile. No time to watch TV? No worries. He also hosts a podcast, Anything is Possible. One thing his worldwide listeners all agree on, Dr. Courtney has a gift for presenting information in a fun and exciting manner. He has mastered how to balance clinical work alongside the media and communication aspect of helping animals and is an excellent role model for both current and aspiring veterinarians everywhere. Why is advocating for diversity in veterinary medicine important? What's more, Dr. Courtney Campbell is a passionate advocate for diversity in the veterinary profession. According to research in the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education, of all health professions, veterinary medicine ranked among the worst for segregation. In fact, the American Veterinary Medical Association published a piece citing that it was one of the country's whitest professions. Only 2% of vets in the U.S. identified as Black in a 2017 census. Naturally, these statistics raise concerns. That is why Dr. Courtney chooses to do diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, work. He himself was the first African-American veterinarian to be the recipient of the Global Pet Excellence in Journalism and Contributions to the Pet Industry Award. In his own words, everyone should do their part to foster the love of animal medicine for all people, no matter their race or gender. The contributions of African-American veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and research scientists should be recognized and celebrated. Without a doubt, Dr. Courtney is a star who shines bright in the world of veterinary medicine. Want to learn more? Follow Dr. Courtney on social media at Dr. Courtney DVM. 25 things you didn't know about me, Dr. Courtney Campbell. One, when I was young, I wanted to be either a chef, a magician, or a veterinarian. At home, I pretend to be the first. I feel blessed to be the last, and I still haven't given up my dream on the middle one. Two, I was a National Physique Committee NPC bodybuilding competitor for four years, and the Spartan diet made me appreciate how much I enjoy food. I look forward to stepping on stage again someday soon. Three, my main form of entertainment growing up was spending hours outside in the woods looking under rocks and logs looking for tiny wildlife. 
I spent so much time outside that it's possible that I was actually raised by wolves. Four, I've acted in over six theater productions and I survived the week prior to opening night, also called Hell Week, by eating a steady diet of just tortilla chips and green tea. Five, in high school, geometry made me fall in love with mathematics and calculus quickly made me fall out of love with mathematics. Six, I had a deep passion for writing short stories in high school. Almost every story had an action or fight sequence incorporated into the storyline. Seven, I'm absolutely horrible about posting on social media. I blame it on being an exennial. Eight, when I was a baby, my mother told me that I almost never cried. And if I did, she would just give me food and I would stop crying. And today I'm still the same. Nine, the fact that I can be deeply passionate about both orthopedic surgery and fighting infectious disease is just one example of how expansive and beautifully intriguing veterinary medicine can be. 10. My high school sports were wrestling, track and field, cross country, and tennis. I was probably one of the worst tennis players my high school has ever seen. 11. I am a native of Connecticut. I started to realize what a unique state Connecticut is when I left home and I told someone that I just ate a grinder and they just stared at me because they had no idea what I was talking about. 12. I was plump and chunky as a baby. And when I look in the mirror today, I still see plump and chunky. 13. I played rugby for three and a half years at University of Delaware and it was the first sport where I had to catch and run with a ball and it showed. 14. I've likely done over 30 guest spots with daytime talk shows. After every segment, I marvel at the hours of personal preparation, planning, and production talent needed to make just a few minutes of great television. And yes, Rachel Ray is truly that nice. 15. Co-hosting Pet Talk, a first-of-its-kind talk show on Nat Geo Wild, is an example of speaking a dream into existence. It's still one of the most fun and amazing moments of my media career. One of my former co-hosts is Andre Milan, son of Caesar Milan and all-around cool dude. I was honored to be on the Pet Talk team. 16. Zoo Books, a book series by the National Wildlife Federation, lit a fire under me as a kid and opened my eyes regarding animals. I was so inspired that at age seven, I wrote a letter to the fictional character Ranger Rick asking him why dogs have whiskers. And yes, I still keep his response letter under my pillow. 17. Some people have a sweet tooth. I have a rice tooth. My favorite carbohydrate is rice, any form of rice. I could eat it all day, every day. In fact, had to cut myself down to having rice only once a week because my basmati habit was getting a little out of control. 18. I'll only drink water if matcha and kombucha are unavailable. 19. I was so lucky to have such amazing guests on my podcast, The Courtney Campbell Show, and I look forward to having more. The preparation is intense, but I wouldn't change that experience for the world. One of my favorite shows was with Dr. Katherine Prim when we launched our new book, A Pet Owner's Guide to Infectious Disease. The book is available for free at heroesforhealthypets.com.
20. I have tried to suppress my nerdy love for Wolverine comics and the Matrix movie series, but I can't deny it anymore. I'm proud to be a nerd. 21. Even though I spend most of my free time lecturing or speaking at events, I suffer from stage fright. Talking about and being honest about my social anxiety has been the key to me battling against it. And no, thinking that the audience is in their underwear does not work. 22. I used to say I dislike olives, but I think detest is a better word. Actually, detest doesn't even describe how much I hate olives. 23. I'm not very good at bar sports like darts, billiards, and bowling. Some say it might have to do with being a Tito Taylor, but I think no matter what, I'd still be bad. 24. I'm allergic to cats, but I still love them. And based on their level of chill and my obsession for grooming perfection, it's possible that I was a Maine Coon in a former life. 25. I am boarded in surgery. Currently, I know of only one other African-American board-certified veterinary surgeon in this country. There is a need for greater diversity in veterinary medicine. Everyone should do their part to foster the love of animal medicine for all people, no matter their race or gender. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Let's face it, we all love our pets and we want to do whatever it takes to keep them healthy and happy. When you have questions or problems, it's important to speak to someone right away who can help. That's why you should download Petsy, a free app that connects you immediately with credentialed veterinary professionals. Get help when you need it, 24-7. Get the peace of mind when it comes to your pet's health and download Petsy for free today in the App Store. You'll be glad you did. Veterinarian shortage reaches all-time high as staff are overwhelmed by Jen Boone. Can't get in to see a vet? You're not alone. Booking an appointment with your family veterinarian has become an increasingly difficult task these days. In fact, many professionals are ringing the alarm bells and calling it a full-blown crisis. Between massive backlogs, cutback hours, and long wait lists, pet owners are wondering, why does there suddenly seem to be a massive veterinarian shortage? Let's look at the statistics and hear from real-life vets to find out exactly what's going on. What is the leading cause of veterinarian labor shortage? Healthcare workers and those in public service-facing roles have borne the brunt of this pandemic, and that includes veterinarians. While much of our attention has been focused on the COVID-19 virus and how it affects humans, it's important to remember that animals never stopped needing medical care as well. Unfortunately, the pandemic accelerated an already worrying trend in this regard. Simply put, veterinarians are overwhelmed. According to National Pet Owner Survey, 70% of U.S. households had a pet in 2021 approximately 90.5 million families, 
Yet, only 123,472 American veterinarians are actively practicing. The U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics recently went so far as to update the 2020 to 30 job outlook for vets at an incredible 17%. Clearly, the math isn't adding up. But how did it get to this point? Let's have a look. Reasons for the current veterinary crisis include an increase in pet ownership. Do you know somebody who got a pandemic puppy? Lots of us do. The ASPCA found that 23 million American households acquired a pet during COVID-19. This explosion in pet parenthood has put extra pressure on vet offices across the country as their number of patients skyrocketed, seemingly overnight. Even booking basic medical appointments like spay and neuter, vaccinations, and flea prevention must be done weeks, if not months, in advance. Pandemic restrictions and social distancing rules. In addition, vet offices face tricky new workflow challenges. There are indoor gathering limits and enhanced sanitation protocols. Adhering to these new guidelines means adding extra duties to a veterinarian's already busy schedule, thus slowing down how quickly each patient can be seen. High turnover rates. Thirdly, the American Animal Hospital Association claims 23% is the average turnover rate for staff in a veterinary work setting, nearly a quarter. Positions such as veterinarian, technician, assistant, receptionist, office manager, etc. all make up this percentage. In underserved areas, losing even one or two staff members can be a huge blow to the pet community. This is especially true if a single vet clinic serves a large population or is located in a remote setting. As we can see, the problem is complex. Despite veterinary school applications growing by 19% in 2021, there is still a dire need for more animal lovers to join the profession. Five reasons why experienced vets are switching careers or retiring early. Now we know the external factors adding to the overwhelming situations veterinarians find themselves in. But what about the internal side of things? We talk to vets to hear from the source. Many have chosen to hang up their scrubs because of burnout, chronic stress, long working hours, emotional toll, poor work-life balance. The takeaway? Finding a veterinarian to care for your furry family member is no longer an easy task. Hopefully, these overwhelming demands will ease as we approach the end of the pandemic. What is the solution? You can use telemedicine. By definition, veterinary telemedicine is the remote diagnosis and treatment of pets by means of communicating through technology. The year 2020 has been transformative for telemedicine, with the COVID-19 pandemic fueling a rapid shift in how people access veterinary care. Veterinary telemedicine gained a lot of popularity during the pandemic, and some pet parents prefer to continue their visits this way. With many veterinary clinics booking out appointments several weeks, telemedicine is a great option for you. Petsy is a telemedicine platform allowing you and your pet to get real-time advice from a vet expert immediately for only $20 per consultation. Just download the app from your app store and complete your profile, and you can be connected with a veterinary professional immediately from all 50 states. How does it work? 
With Petsy, you will talk to a veterinary professional via your phone or video chat and get real-time advice on what you should do or get for your pet. This is a great option if you can't get an appointment with your regular vet's office. Please note, if your dog needs immediate attention, please bring them to the nearest animal emergency clinic right away. Veterinary telemedicine is also a great option if your pet is scared of the vet and makes it difficult to go, or if your pet doesn't have any serious medical issues and you just have some general questions. Don't put yourself or your pet through the stress of an in-person vet visit and try out Petsy. Looking for a 2022 goal? Train your dog. Dogs of all shapes and sizes need proper training from the littlest chihuahua to the tallest Irish wolfhound. Every dog benefits from a solid foundation of basic obedience skills. This keeps them safe and mentally stimulated. Then there's the fun side of things, like learning new tricks. Looking to add one such goal to your 2022 list? Consider training your dog. Three reasons why training your dog is a great New Year's resolution. When we brainstorm resolutions for the new year, oftentimes they have to do with only ourselves. For instance, promising to eat more leafy green vegetables or go to yoga twice per month. These are admirable health goals. But what about our dogs? Canines can benefit from 2022 New Year's resolutions as well. By committing to training your dog, you will accomplish the following. Build a stronger dog-human bond. Training takes patience. It requires you to be totally present in the moment with your pet. When we put forth effort into teaching our dog, we are also giving them our undivided attention. Dogs thrive on this. All they desire is your love and praise. Therefore, consistent training is a fantastic way to bond with your pup. Improve dog manners. Does your dog jump up on guests, bark at children crossing the street, pull on the leash, these behaviors can be easily remedied with a few hours of training each month. Protect them from danger. Thirdly, it's worthwhile to invest energy into training your dog in 2022 because these life skills will protect them from danger. Dogs who are properly trained are more confident. They know how to handle scary or unfamiliar situations. For instance, a dog who is trained to come when called won't run into busy traffic should they accidentally get off leash. Training your dog could even potentially save their life someday. Nobody knows for sure what the next 365 days will hold. However, you can get off to a great start by training your dog in 2022. Follow along at My Pet Candy for a full year of possum pet content. Five signs to never ignore in your dog, A.M. Kuska. When you own a pet, it's a lot like being a parent. You have a creature in your care that you love more than words can describe, but they cannot always tell you if they're sick or hurting. Dogs are often notorious for hiding symptoms of illness or injury until the problem is very severe. But here are some warning signs that may mean something is wrong. Constant coughing. The occasional cough is normal, but if your dog is coughing all the time, it needs to be investigated. It could be as simple as something caught in their throat, but it may also be a sign of a more serious disease. 
Even if your dog seems fine otherwise, it's best to get your coughing dog seen by a vet right away. Loss of appetite. Most dogs live to eat, but if your big eater is suddenly poking at their food, it's time to go to the vet. Loss of appetite can be a sign that something is seriously wrong. Even if your dog is a picky eater and suddenly has a change of appetite beyond normal, these things should be investigated for your pet's long-term well-being. Drinking lots of water. If your dog is constantly at the water bowl, no matter how many times you fill it up, it's time for an evaluation at the vet. Drinking excess amounts of water can be a sign of some serious diseases, such as diabetes. Your vet can take a blood sample to check for common diseases that could be causing this problem. If you catch these diseases early, the outcome for the pet is often much better than if you wait until more symptoms appear. Sudden changes in behavior. Is your normally well-behaved dog suddenly growling at everyone? Is your hyperactive retriever suddenly calm and just a little too easy to walk? Sudden changes in behavior can mean more than simply a dog getting older. Irritability can be a sign that your pet is in pain somewhere, even if he's not showing it any other way. A calm dog who is normally energetic could actually be sick. The only way to know for sure is to get your pet evaluated by a professional, then go from there. Heavy panting. Unless you've just played a rousing game of fetch or it's very hot out, heavy panting can be a sign of other problems. If there's no obvious reason for it, chances are that heavy panting is a sign of distress in your pet. It's best to be cautious and get your pet checked by a vet, especially if it's accompanied by other signs your pet is sick or hurt, such as limping, drooling, or acting dizzy. Our pets can't tell us what's wrong with their words, but they can indicate problems through their behavior. If you notice one of these signs in your pet, it's time to see a vet to make sure everything is okay. French Bulldogs have higher risk of 20 common health disorders. French Bulldogs have significantly higher odds of being diagnosed with 20 common disorders compared to other dog breeds, reports a study published in the journal Canine Medicine and Genetics. To reduce the risks of breathing disorders associated with the typical shorter muzzle and flat head of French Bulldogs, the authors propose a shift to focus breeding towards more moderate characteristics. Authors from the Royal Veterinary College, Hertfordshire, England, used records from veterinary practices across the UK from 2016 using the Vet Compass database including 2,781 French Bulldogs and 21,850 other dog breeds. Dan O'Neill and colleagues compare diagnoses for 43 specific disorders between French Bulldogs and other dog breeds. The authors observed that French Bulldogs were at significantly greater risk than other dogs for narrowed nostrils, 42.14 times greater risk, obstructive airway syndrome, 30.89 times greater risk, ear discharge, 14.40 times greater risk, and skin dermatitis, 11.18 times greater risk. Of the French Bulldogs included in the study, the authors found that 1,764, 63.4%, were diagnosed with one or more disorder 
compared to 14,442, 66.1% of other dog breeds. This suggests that French Bulldogs may have slightly lower odds of being diagnosed with a disorder in general, but could also indicate owners are better at identifying health concerns in other dog breeds. Despite having a higher risk of developing 20 common disorders, French Bulldogs had lower odds of being diagnosed with 11 out of the 43 common disorders compared to other dogs, including undesirable behavior, lameness, and obesity. This highlights that the breed has the potential to move towards a healthier profile. The authors suggest that selectively breeding away from the extreme high-risk physical features of French Bulldogs, such as shorter muzzles and skin folds that are associated with health disorders, could improve the overall health of the breed. Dan O'Neill, senior lecturer at the Royal Veterinary College and co-author, said, Achieving meaningful changes to the typical look of French Bulldogs over time requires buy-in from breeders and kennel clubs who publish breeding standards. But the biggest responsibility lies with owners who ultimately can demand dogs with more moderate features. The kennel club have recently updated the breed standard for the French Bulldog to move further away from elements of extreme conformation with the evidence of health ill effects. This is a very positive step to prioritize the health of dogs over human desires for how these dogs look, and we must now continue this evolution of the breed towards a more moderate conformation. The authors caution that their results are reliant on reports from veterinary practices and may not indicate how long each individual dog suffers with a disorder or its severity. They also caution that owners may not recognize that snoring in French Bulldogs could be indicative of a breathing disorder and may not take their dog to the vets. The authors conclude that kennel clubs, breeders, and the general public need to work together to encourage the breeding and purchasing of French Bulldogs with less extreme features associated with poor health. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hey, pet parents. This is your favorite lifestyle guru, Renee Michelle, and I'm excited to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy. Join me and make some cute pet stuff. Talk about life and love and everything in between. Check out the Renee Michelle Show on mypetcandy.com and let's have some fun. Ways to Winterproof Your Dog by A.M. Kuska. Brr, there's a chill in the air. The leaves are falling. Soon snowflakes will begin drifting downwards from the sky and lining the streets with snow. How does your dog feel about winter? For many pups, winter is a time of great fun. But all that snow and ice can prove to be dangerous for dogs. Unlike us humans, canines cannot adapt to the weather. Instead, they need us, their loving owners, to keep them safe and warm. Here's how. One, paw protection is a must. All that salt on the sidewalks and roads can lead to cracked paws. Similarly, frozen ground can be uncomfortable. 
Avoid painful walks and long-term damage by putting booties on your dog's feet. They might hop around and be silly at first, but it's worth it to protect their sensitive paw pads. Two, limit walks in below zero temperatures. Letting Fido outside to do his business is a-okay, but if it's too cold for a person to be outside for more than 10 to 15 minutes, it's also too cold for a dog. Remember, hypothermia can be deadly. Three, invest in a thick coat. Dogs have fur. However, that doesn't mean they don't feel cold. While some breeds like Huskies adore being caught in a whiteout snowstorm, most pooches will shiver when the temperature drops too much. Keep them cozy with a thick coat. Four, stay dry. It can be challenging to stay dry in winter. Freezing rain and slush is everywhere. When your dog inevitably gets wet, pat dry with a towel as soon as you get home. Five, know the signs of frostbite. If your dog's skin is bluish white, swollen and painful when touched, they may be suffering from frostbite. Ouch! Keep an eye out to prevent this from happening. Now you and your pup can enjoy the season even if those walks are a little chillier than normal. How to create your perfect morning routine. A.M. Kuska. Let me preface this by saying no. You absolutely do not need to join the 5 a.m. club in order to have a successful and productive morning routine. In fact, if you aren't a morning person, I'd recommend you don't do that at first because you'll likely just end up tired and run down. Mornings are supposed to be a fresh start. How you choose to define that fresh start is up to you, but there are numerous ways to create a morning routine. But here's how I set up mine that I've been using for almost a year now. Decide what you want your mornings to look like. You don't need to be specific here. All you need to do is define what a morning routine is to you. Is this your personal time? A time to relax? A time to be productive? A time to exercise? Or all of the above? Figure that out first and all of the other pieces will follow suit. Pick a time. Pick a wake-up time that you genuinely believe you could commit to for 30 days. If you aren't a morning person, I recommend a 7 or 8 a.m. time. And if your goal is to ultimately get up even earlier, work towards that goal in half-hour increments. Don't throw yourself in at the deep end or the routine likely won't stick. Determine the activities you want in your morning. The thing about a morning routine is that it is in fact a routine. To some, it's even a schedule. You have to know what you want to do in the mornings in order to reap the most reward from getting up earlier. If your goal is to use this extra time as your personal time, maybe take that extra long shower, take a bath, do some yoga, read a book, journal, etc. However, if you're like me and your mornings are about getting a jump start on your day, maybe you schedule going to the gym, meditating, getting a head start on work, etc. It's all up to you, but schedule it. What are the essentials? For beginners, I find the short bullet list of items to be beneficial in helping create your ideal morning routine. Pick your wake-up time. Include breakfast and water intake. Do something physically active, even just for 20 minutes. Schedule an equal amount of time for yourself. 
meditate, journal, etc. Do something that makes you feel productive, work, read, clean, etc. Schedule this in increments at first. It makes a huge difference. Commit for 30 days to make it habit. Morning routines make a significant difference in how your day goes overall, in how your day goes overall, in my opinion. Where people falter is not treating it like a skill that has to be practiced and maintained. You'll have to rearrange your schedule and your morning routine may even be specific to certain days. That's okay. The overall goal is just to ensure you feel that you're starting your day off on the right foot. The Best Vegan Korean Barbecue Chicken by Shayna Chapman. Prep time, 20 minutes. Cook time, seven minutes. Total time, approximately 30 minutes. Most people remember all the fun parties they went to while in college and all the unique experiences they had. Me, I remember the cafeteria's Korean barbecue chicken, the way I instantly knew they were serving it once I walked in the doors. The sweet smell of KBBQ sauce wafted into my nose and always brought such joy and excitement to me. It's the little things that count. However, I've recently been changing up my diet, and that meant switching to a more plant-based lifestyle. While it's been difficult to give up all the foods I've loved so much, I find it so rewarding when I'm able to find vegan substitutes that taste exactly like what they're replacing and are guilt-free. This recipe changed the game for me. I always thought I'd never be able to have good Korean barbecue chicken again, but the plant-based meat substitute industry has proven me wrong. Let's talk about the Sweet Earth Mindful Chicken brand. It's absolutely terrifying how close it tastes to chicken. When they say it tastes like chicken, they totally mean it. I tried this brand on a whim when I excitedly discovered my local grocery store had Korean barbecue sauce. Oh, how I miss that sauce. It's barbecue sauce on a whole other level, both savory and sweet with a strong umami flavor. There's really nothing better than good Korean barbecue. I looked at the vegan chicken and thought, well, I'll give it a chance. Worst case scenario, it tastes like tofu. However, when I tasted the chicken, I was bewildered. Now, this recipe has become a staple in my home and it's so easy to make. First, you're going to start off by placing your vegan chicken strips in a plastic bag. You can use any vegan chicken, but I highly recommend using the Sweet Earth brand. Then pour Korean barbecue sauce over the chicken, just enough so that the chicken is nicely covered. I used a store-bought sauce because it's simple and delicious. You can make your own KBBQ sauce too, but if you're busy like me, it's not always easy to add that extra step. I used the We Rub You brand of KBBQ sauce. It's vegan and it tastes nearly restaurant quality. Now for the fun part. This recipe gives you a free workout. Give the bag a good shake. I found it easy to jump up and down with the bag for a maximum chicken coverage. Once the sauce covers the chicken completely and evenly, place it in the fridge for 15 to 20 minutes to marinate. This is optional, as you could always leave it out of the fridge and let it sit for however long you have time for, but it tastes the best when it's left for as long as it takes for rice to cook. While the chicken marinades, I start to prepare what I want to eat with the dish. 
I absolutely loved a good chicken bowl back in the day with the sauce dripping onto steamed white rice. So of course, I whip up a batch of rice in the meantime with my rice cooker. If you don't have a rice cooker, I strongly encourage you to invest in one. It makes your rice-loving lifestyle so much easier. I like to make a simple white rice with this dish, but feel free to choose any base. Quinoa, brown rice, wild rice, etc. are all great options to go with the KBBQ chicken. I also love to add a few veggies on the side too. Some shredded carrot, edamame, and even broccoli can really add a good healthy boost to your dish. Once your chicken is done marinating, simply add in one to two tablespoons of sesame oil or any other oil of your choice to a pan or wok. I prefer using a wok because the stir fry is so much quicker and better. Sesame oil is used in most Asian dishes and really adds to the restaurant quality flavor as well. Once the sesame oil is heated up slightly, go ahead and add in the chicken, stir frying on high for about one to two minutes. You want the sauce to bubble strongly because it needs to absorb well into the chicken. Otherwise, it just slides off and you end up with flavorless chicken and KBBQ sauce soup. Once it's bubbling intensely, lower your heat to medium or low if it's boiling too hard. Then stirring occasionally, let the chicken cook for about five more minutes. You'll know it's done when most of the sauce is absorbed into the chicken. Personally, I like for a little sauce to be left over in my wok so that it spreads onto my rice and adds more flavor, but it's up to you. After five minutes, your KBBQ chicken should be done and ready to serve. Enjoy. Ingredients. One package of Sweet Earth Mindful Chicken Strips. Korean barbecue sauce. I use the We Rub You Original Korean Barbecue Marinade. One to two tablespoons of sesame oil. Steps. One, place your vegan chicken strips in a plastic bag and pour enough Korean barbecue sauce over the strips to ensure even coverage. Give the bag a good shake to spread the sauce all over the strips. Two, let the marinated chicken sit in the fridge for 15 to 20 minutes. In the meantime, cook up some rice or whatever side dish of your choosing. Three, after the chicken has marinated for a bit, heat up your sesame oil in a pan or wok. Four, Place the chicken in the pan or wok and stir fry on high for one to two minutes or until the sauce starts to boil and bubble significantly. Five, reduce the heat to medium, allowing the sauce to bubble slightly. Continue to stir fry for about five minutes until sauce is properly absorbed into the chicken. It should coat the strips evenly without too much sauce left over. Six, Remove from the heat and plate with your favorite Korean barbecue chicken side dish and you're done. How to Keep Your Pocket Pet Happy by Giselle Richardson. If you own one of the smaller crew of pets available, it can be hard to decide if your pet is really happy or not. Dogs wag their tail and cats purr, but how do you know if your hamster is happy? Pocket pets from tiny gerbils to the much larger guinea pigs and chinchillas may be much-loved pets by their owners, but it's not always easy for those owners to tell if they're content with their lives. Studies show that small animals are remarkably sensitive, however, and can even tell the difference between and get stressed about being held by a stranger compared to their owners. Signs your pet is happy. 
The best way to tell whether your pocket pet is happy is to spend time observing them every day. Through careful observation, you'll be able to see what is and isn't normal behavior for your pet. The signs of how your pocket pet is feeling may be tiny little shifts in behavior. So watching carefully is your best chance to make sure they're feeling okay. Improving their happiness. Once you know what your pet's behavior is like normally, you can start making small changes to improve on their happiness. One of the biggest things you can do is to keep them healthy. A sick pet is definitely an unhappy pet. You can aid in keeping them healthy by giving them the proper food, fresh clean water, and keeping their cage clean. Other things you can do to keep them happy is to rotate toys so they always have something new and intriguing to inspect, as well as to teach them tricks. Even the smallest of pets can learn to do simple things, like touching a target or waving a paw for treats. Learning tricks often improves the bond between you and the pet and can boost their happiness. Pocket pets don't have the same research behind them as cats and dogs, but they are loved nonetheless. Use these tips to help make your pet as happy as possible. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Want to know a secret? For only $20, you can speak to a credentialed veterinary professional 24-7 instantly. With Petsy, you can. Enjoy your life and be stress-free knowing that you can speak with a professional whenever you need to. Download the app for free today in the App Store. You will be happy you did. Five things you can do to help save our Earth. A.M. Kuska. In light of Earth Day and Earth Month, it's only appropriate that we take a few minutes to talk about the ways we can help save our planet from any further damage, or even reverse the current effects. Recycle. And recycle correctly. This is often where people go wrong. In case you're unaware, most of us are. Not every recycling plant accepts every well-known recyclable item. Depending on the plant and area, you may only be able to recycle plastic bottles, while other areas can accept plastic items, glass items, and paper items alike. Make sure that you're checking your local area's guidelines for what items they accept at their recycling plants, and be sure to do the same anytime you go somewhere new. Use less plastic. Plastic is the leading contributor to our current pollution problem. Studies show there are 5.25 trillion pieces of plastic in our oceans alone, let alone what's taking up space in landfills and scattered throughout nature. Luckily, there are numerous ways that you can go about reducing your plastic usage, including using compostable straws or metal straws, skipping the plastic produce bags at the grocery store and using reusable ones, swapping plastic grocery shopping bags for reusable bags, trading out throwaway plastic containers for reusable glass ones. Use less paper products. This one can be a little more difficult depending on your love of paper products, but it's so beneficial to our environment. As you're probably well aware, paper is made from trees. 
So the more paper you use, the more trees have to be cut down, leading to even more destruction of our environment. Where you can, try to swap out paper products for non-paper or recycled paper products, such as journals and notebooks made from recycled paper. If you're up for it, I even recommend switching to electronic products altogether where you can. There are numerous journals out there now that are electronically designed to be reusable, so take advantage of these. Eat less meat. This may not be the most appealing thing to some of you, but the meat industry is the leading cause of global pollution. By reducing your meat consumption, you will reduce the meat industry's ability to add toxic fumes into our air and therefore reduce pollution rates. I recommend having at least two meat-free days a week to start. Who knows? You might just enjoy the meat-free life. Walk more. Not only is this good for the environment, since you'll be reducing the amount of gas being emitted into the air, but it's also great for your health. I personally walk to locations that are less than 20 minutes from my house, walking time. I think this is a great number to start with and to increase over time. There are numerous things that we can do to help preserve our environment, but I highly recommend starting with the easiest swaps you can add and building from there. New pet? Here's some tips and tricks for making the first vet visit successful by Jen Boone. That adorable little kitten or puppy is finally home. Now the only thing left to do is schedule an appointment with the veterinarian. Going to the vet for the first time with a new fur baby can be nerve-wracking. But not to worry, we've rounded up the top tips and tricks to make your visit a breeze. How to prepare for visit number one. Take your puppy for a walk. If you have a puppy or adult dog, it's always a good idea to take them for a walk around the block before jumping into the car. This is an opportunity to empty their bladder, relieve themselves, and get rid of some pent-up energy. Ideally, they won't have an accident at the vet as a result. Get to the office early. Firstly, you're going to want to get organized. Call ahead to confirm your appointment time, if your veterinarian's office hasn't already done so. Aim to leave the house 15 minutes early. This buys some wiggle room in case of traffic and also ensures you have time to fill out any paperwork in the waiting room. Carry yummy treats. Next, store some treats in your pocket. A vet office can be overwhelming for a kitten or puppy. Draw their attention onto you by offering delicious snacks. This will help distract them from scary noises and weird smells. Reward good behavior. In conclusion, visiting a veterinarian shouldn't be a distressing experience for your pet. Make their first trip stress-free by following these top tips. Three ways to beat anxiety. A.M. Kuska. If you have anxiety, it can stop you from doing many of the things you enjoy. You may have put off many of the milestones you've dreamed of in your life because of your anxiety. While anxiety is a disease that we can't simply walk away from, there are a few science-backed tricks that can help you enjoy life despite suffering from anxiety. Do it badly. A symptom of anxiety is that you feel like you must do everything perfectly, or it has to happen at the perfect time. You can't simply propose to the person you love. 
It must be done on a beach with a glowing sunset, perfect weather, and with the ultimate perfect ring. Whether you're actually planning a proposal or you simply want to clean your house, the need for everything to be perfect can stop you from doing anything at all. Give yourself permission to do things badly and focus on getting it done rather than getting it done well. You may be surprised at just how good your bad job turned out. Forgive yourself. Did you make a mistake? With anxiety, you're probably up at night plagued by something you said at a party way back in 2010. We're generally our worst critics, but you can't really avoid yourself. When you find yourself worrying because you think you screwed up at work or you said something you regret, forgive yourself first. Help others. A great way to help ease anxiety, according to science, is to help others. Volunteer for a cause you feel close to or spend time working on helping future generations. When you feel like you have a purpose in life, it can go a long way to helping how you feel about yourself. Anxiety is a crippling condition, but there are steps you can take to help ease some of the problems caused by it. These three suggestions are all backed by science. Why is my dog coughing? By Dr. Jill Lopez. Many things can cause your dog to cough. Canine Infectious Respiratory Disease Complex, CIRDC, is a new term to describe the various pathogens that can cause coughing and other respiratory signs in dogs. Viruses and bacteria that can cause your dog to cough include Bordetella, commonly referred to as kennel cough, Staphylococcus or Streptococcus infection, and also the viruses canine distemper, canine parainfluenza, canine influenza, canine adenovirus type 2, and canine influenza, also known as dog flu. Dog flu is the most recently discovered virus. One, H3N8, originated as a horse virus but crossed over into dogs. The other, H3N2, originated as a bird virus and crossed over to dogs. H3N8 was first identified in dogs in 2004 in Florida, and H3N2 was first found in Asia around 2002. How would they spread? Just like the way a cold or flu transfers from people to people, these bacteria and viruses transfer to a healthy dog through direct contact with respiratory secretions from an infected dog. Sometimes contaminated clothing or food and water bowls can store and transfer the disease. A dog that is visiting a kennel, doggy daycare, or other social areas are at most risk of becoming infected. How serious are these diseases? Sometimes these pathogens only cause mild illness but some may be life-threatening. How can I prevent these diseases? Prevention is key. There are vaccines available for most of these diseases. Talk to your veterinarian about vaccination options for your dog. How often should you wash your dog? A.M. Kuska. Some dogs just smell. They haven't rolled in anything, today anyway, they just have a strong doggy odor. While your dog may be mystified as to why you don't want to snuggle, their natural dog smell can be pretty strong if left untended. On the other hand, washing a dog too frequently can lead to dry, itchy skin. 
If you're trying to strike a balance between stinky and dry, there are a few tips on how to figure it out. Breed of dog. Certain types of dogs must be bathed at least once a week in order to be healthy, but probably not the breeds that first come to mind. Hairless breeds, such as the Sholoitz Quintley or Chinese Crested, get very oily skin and need regular bathing to help strip the excess oils. Other breeds, such as the Puli, are bathed as little as possible when their coats are corded because washing and drying them is very time intensive. The bottom line, unless you own a breed that has unusual needs, such as a Puli or a Chinese Crested, the average time between baths is around four to six weeks. This includes most breeds of dogs that need regular haircuts, such as Maltese and Shih Tzus, as well as high shedding breeds, such as German Shepherds and Dalmatians. Although breed is important, it also depends on the lifestyle of the dog and their individual needs. Some dogs never seem to need a bath, while others need medicated baths for skin problems or other treatments. If you're unsure as to your dog's specific needs, talk to your groomer to find out how often they recommend washing for your particular dog. They'll be able to advise you on how often your dog should be bathed. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hey, this is Shannon Gregoire. If you're like me, it's tough keeping up with everything VetMed, but now I'm gonna make your life a lot easier. Check out my show on Vet Candy TV, available on iTunes, YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook Watch. Catch up with all things VetMed with me. What pet is best for your lifestyle? A.M. Kuska. Choosing a new pet can be a very exciting time in your life. There are many types of animals available, from the traditional dog and cat to large animals such as pet pigs and horses, as well as exotic animals like birds and reptiles. With so many choices out there, you might find it difficult to choose an animal that fits your lifestyle. However, taking the time to do your research is very important. The right pet will keep you from later being forced to give up an animal because you're unable to meet its needs. You're already on the right track just by reading an article like this one. So let's get started. How much time do you have? Some animals take a great deal of care, while other animals need hardly any time at all. If you're away frequently and need an animal that's easy to care for, a fish tank is an ideal option. Fish only need a sprinkling of food once or twice a day and a water change once a week in order to have a good quality of life. On the opposite end of the spectrum, dogs require a minimum of 30 minutes of exercise, many hours of training, and boarding when you're away. If you're away very often, they may not be the best choice. If you want a pet that requires more care than a fish, but less care than a dog, a cat could be the right mix. They can take care of their own toilet needs if you're away long hours at work, but will still be fine with a cuddle on the couch once you get back. Do you have kids? Not all animals handle children well, especially when they're small. 
Rabbits, for example, are prey animals and may not enjoy being clung to. On the other hand, rats are surprisingly playful and intelligent, while not requiring the same maintenance as a dog or cat. If you have children, it's important to find out whether that species or breed is good around kids, as well as teach your children how to handle the pet properly. Look beyond the face. A common mistake is to fall in love with the idea of a breed or species, only to get that animal and discover that your ideals didn't match reality. Terriers, for example, look spunky and cute and are the heroes in many cartoons, but they require a lot more exercise than average dogs. Chinchillas are incredibly entertaining and personable animals, but they're mostly nocturnal. This is perfect if you work during the day and want to come home to a pet ready to play, but not so great if you're a light sleeper and your pet is rustling around all night. Your lifestyle is as unique as you are. Whether you're a family person, an extrovert looking for love, or a busy corporate climber who needs a pet that won't mind spotty companionship, there's a pet that's right for you. More abandonments, fewer adoptions, according to the Worldwide Veterinary Service. The pandemic spurred an unprecedented demand for pets in the USA, with many buying, adopting, and fostering animals in response to social isolation. Until the easing of restrictions led to many of America's lockdown pets being abandoned. With pet abandonment on the rise globally and rehoming programs being disrupted and delayed, one animal welfare charity, Worldwide Veterinary Service, WVS, has been working under massively increased pressure at its centers in India and Thailand. After the first lockdown in India, the charity center in Goa saw a 266% increase in the number of cats and dogs being abandoned. With more animals being admitted and the effects of COVID-19 delaying rehoming, the centers have become a long-term home for dogs like Loki, despite the ever-growing costs. At the height of the pandemic last year, Loki, a three-year-old Indian dog, was found abandoned outside the charity center in Goa. He was in an extremely poor condition, suffering from a severe skin infection that had caused him to lose his fur. Loki was admitted and given medicated baths, supplements, and topical treatment, which improved his condition initially. However, due to immunity issues exacerbated by his abandonment, Loki relapsed and started losing his fur in patches. This meant that Loki spent over a year with the charity receiving treatment and specialized care until he was ready to be adopted. Dr. Aswan Alice, clinical director of the charity center in Goa, said the increased abandonment has put intense pressure on the veterinary team and their adoption program. The pandemic has forced us to postpone many of our adoption events, where we can engage with the local community and find suitable homes for up to 25 animals in a single day. Fewer people are also interested in keeping pets due to loss of employment or income, which has lengthened the adoption process by one to two months. Two puppies, who we would usually see adoption applications for quite quickly, have now been with us for three months. 
It means that adult dogs like Loki will unfortunately remain in care much longer. Dr. Luke Gamble, founder and CEO of WVS, explains that his teams are overcoming these challenges and more every day to help animals in need. I set up WVS to provide veterinary care to animals who had nowhere else to turn. But the pandemic has pushed our work far beyond providing veterinary treatment. A series of lockdowns and a lack of tourism meant we had to go out onto empty streets and feed starving stray animals. Whilst within the centers, we have been caring for more and more abandoned pets. We never turn an animal away for treatment. So this means that we're dealing with ever-climbing costs. In the lead up to Christmas, WVS has launched an appeal to help cover the costs to feed and care for its longer-term patients and give them a life beyond treatment until the right home can be found. In the charity center in Chiang Mai, Thailand, there are currently 41 dogs looking for homes, costing 220 pounds to feed and care for per week. While some dogs are adopted within weeks or months, others like Hans remain in care for years. Hans spent nine of his 11 years of life under the charity's care after being rescued from severe abuse. In his former life, Hans was beaten regularly by his owner, causing him trauma and extreme anxiety. When he first arrived, the busy shelter environment was too much for Hans, so he was placed in the care of a local foster carer for the first two years. Since then, Hans has slowly overcome his anxiety and been able to form special bonds with the charity's team members before finally meeting his adoptive family in October 2021. Hans's new family had been following his progress via the charity's website for months before inquiring to see if they could provide him with a suitable home. A very slow introduction at the center led to Hans sitting on the lap of one of his new owners, something which would have been unimaginable when he first arrived. After the successful introduction and home inspection, the team knew that this was Hans's chance to live out his golden years in a loving home. He was officially adopted. Mr. Clark, resident canine behaviorist and director of operations for WVS Thailand, explained it's often sick and injured stray dogs who are unable to return to their communities that become the center's longer-term residents. As a major provider of free veterinary care in Chiang Mai, a province with a large population of stray dogs, most of the 20 to 30 cases we see every day are strays. This time last year, we completed the construction of a new critical care unit on site to triple the number of cases we would expertly manage. Although our biggest challenge remains finding homes for the adult dogs who were either once strays or pets like Hans. Readers can help care for dogs and cats in India and Thailand who, through no fault of their own, have found themselves in shelters waiting for the right person to come along. A donation of just 13 pounds can feed and care for two dogs in Thailand for a week, while a gift of 25 pounds can vaccinate 10 dogs against life-threatening diseases, preparing them for life in their new homes. Learn more about the urgent appeal and how you can support here. 
www.wvs.org.uk slash life dash after dash treatment. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. This program is brought to you by PetZ, a free app that connects you instantly with veterinary professionals 24-7. What are you waiting for? Download PetZ today. Thank you for listening to Pet Candy Magazine, January 2022. To stay up to date with everything pets, follow us at MyPetCandy. Pet candy. Pet candy. Pet candy. It's pet candy radio. radio.